You're listening to Juno Afternoon. I'm Shelley Delaney, and next up is our weekly episode of Garden Talk with Ed Byarski. I've got Master Gardener Ed Byarski on the line right now. Hi, Ed. Good afternoon, Shelley. So, how are you doing today? How's the garden? Good. Garden's looking good. The weeds are growing great. You know, the rain that we got was nicely appreciated, and now we've got hot weather, which will make the weeds grow even faster and maybe make the slugs less happy than they are this morning, today. <laughs> so that's that's a lot to unpack. First of all, speaking of unpacking, I heard you pulled a lot of weeds today. Do you have any tips for people who have uh, just more weeds than they know what to do with? Um, well, I, what I'm doing out in my garden, at least, is knocking down, cutting down, pulling out whatever I can, and then putting down cardboard and then wood chips from the tree trimmer guys on top of that and this is in paths now if it's in and that will work in uh say a perennial bed to some extent although you have to be more careful not to cover up the pure perennials um and among trees and shrubs you could do that too but then in a in the vegetable garden i do the same thing but for my paths to keep that down keep the weeds down the cardboard will stop the weeds for everything but horsetail, um, dandelions, chickweed, buttercups, grass. You know, if you, lo- you want to get rid of some lawn, throw the cardboard on top and build a garden box to make it more productive. Those are all good tips. Thank you so much. Um, and then I also wanted to follow up with a question about slugs. So it seems like the slugs are pretty happy with the cool, damp weather, but they're less so with the sunny, hot, and dry um, and we've had, you know, kind of a mix of both so far this month. How can we yeah, keep so the slugs away from our veggies? Right. So, so that'll kind of drive the slugs more undercover and they'll be more active during the cooler, um, slightly dark. You know, we don't have a whole lot of nighttime at this point. Um, but they really seem to pop out just in the last few days as I've been pulling some of the weeds and found a bunch this morning on one of my lettuce beds and some of them were good size and some of them were the tiny ones that are oh like one to two millimeters so would have to have just hatched very recently and again that's the warmth plus then moisture certainly uh, makes them grow faster got it so that is helpful to know what conditions they thrive under, but I suppose it doesn't really matter because they're gonna be they're gonna be there um, regardless. So yeah. we just need to figure out a way to keep them away from from their veggies. Now we were talking earlier about some some pretty interesting um, kind of like home remedies, not insecticides or anything like that, not pesticides, but just crushed up shells from the beach or or sand. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how that deters slugs? So crushed shells, and if they, uh, yeah, if they've got a little bit of seaweed mixed in with them, that's fine too. The crushed shells, especially if we crush them, as opposed to just bringing in some from a shelly beach, because they've kind of then been rounded by the waves, you know, broken down and smooth. Where if you crush, get big shells and then crush them yourself, then you end up with sharper bits and pieces kind of like using sand. And I even knew there were some folks who were trying as a barrier like this, some of the crushed glass um, that was put uh, recyclable. So for the same purpose, they don't like to crawl over that stuff. You know, they, 
they have that slime which lubricates their paths. And but if the ground is moist, soil, um, grass, weeds, then they can move more easily. So a barrier is a great way to keep them out of a garden. I mentioned about using copper. Um, copper is supposed to kind of set up a electrical current, which is unpleasant or maybe too tingly on those slugs tender bellies. I don't know. Um, but then somebody else mentioned, well, how about, what about using pennies? She used pennies, literally used, you know, a row, a line of pennies on her garden box on the, the top, the wood of it. And you can also buy thin strips of copper foil kind of to do the same thing to put around a box or potentially, uh, you know, if you use pots, uh, garden containers, that you might put that same foil around the container for things like, well, especially like strawberries or dahlias, two slug favorites. So again, you're trying to do a barrier. And again, unfortunately, there's not much seaweed out there right now on the beaches. But even if you can maintain a barrier of seaweed, like three or four inches wide, the slugs will normally not cross that because there is still a little bit of salt left in it, even though the worms and stuff don't mind being underneath seaweed. So that's interesting because when we were first talking about the crushed up, crushed up shells, I thought it was probably the salt rather than the like the um, the texture or the sharp edges that that yeah. would deter the slugs. It well, sounds like it's a little bit of both, like the texture. You want some sharp edges, and even better if yes. you have something with salt content mixed in there too. Yes, exactly. So, so I mean, you could if <laughs> yeah. If it stayed dry, you know, you could do something like sprinkling salt around the beds. But then, of course, you know, we get some rain and the salt dissolves and that goes away. Another barrier that has been used is uh, diatomaceous earth, which is used in pool filters and other things. Uh, you can order it. Um, it can be used. I mean, there's a better quality grade actually for consumption. Um, diatomaceous earth can be used for worming animals uh, mixed with mixed with their food sometimes. Um, but again, it's it, if you look at it under a microscope, it, ha it is these fiery, finely uh, crushed diatoms, which is why it's called diatomaceous earth. It's actually a mined, it's a seabed uh, mineral, um, a mined, sort of a mined uh, product. But as a, again, as a barrier. Well, you've been doing this a long time. So what is what works best in your opinion? Well, cleanup. I mean, certainly keeping the garden clean um, and patrolling uh, every you know, mornings, evenings, whenever. Removing slugs with prejudice anytime you find them. Um, I do go out, have gone out in the evenings with a mixture of uh, ammonia and water in a spray bottle to spray on the slugs. That'll kill them. I do use Sluggo, which is a safe slug bait, which breaks eventually breaks down to as a fertilizer. It's a fair um, iron iron phosphate. Uh, that's another one. And so you can even make slug traps, beer. I'm sure you've heard of beer and stale beer and slug traps also. I, mean, I use a multitude. I use all of these at different times and different places and depending on the crops so that I'll have slug traps out there as soon as I plant lettuce and um, cabbage family crops and that sort of thing, because I know they will come. 
Yeah. What do they usually, what crops do they usually target or do they just go for all of them? Lettuce. Lettuce is definitely a favorite. I mean, it's got very tender leaves. And I mean, I was out this morning and I mean, first I could see where there were holes, freshly chewed holes in the, in the leaves. So then I was actually kind of peeking and these are small plants that are only two or three inches across. So I was actually peeking underneath the leaves, trying to find the slug that did the dirty deed <laughs> and then squash him in the garden or her or it actually, because slugs are hermaphrodites. So they're both he and she, um, just strange, very strange stuff out there. And I don't know if you dare look, uh, look this up, but slugs are kind of sort of edible, um, with some careful searches on uh your favorite search engine <laughs> well that's interesting that you mentioned that because my next question was going to be you know what do you do with the what do you do with the produce that the slugs have damaged do you have to toss it out can you is it salvageable or um is it just a wash? <laughs> yeah um i mean you just you wash it I, ideally you wash or rinse it before you put it in the salad bowl um you know there have been plenty of times we've taken we make a nice salad uh and take it to a potluck and somebody along the way makes a comment hey what's that crawling out of the salad bowl (laughs) and you know some are grossed out and if they other people who have lived in southeast alaska long enough say ah no no big deal um (laughs) but yeah a, a rinse is normally enough they normally don't have uh any dreaded diseases and all that stuff. However, if you want to think in a most more gross terms, one of the other things that will attract slugs is uh, dog droppings. So you uh, you know, kind of like flies, which uh, like manure, and you don't want the flies to land on your food. Well, you may not want the, your slugs feeding on your dog droppings and then going to the lettuce. Right, right. Well, as you mentioned, cleanup is a big part of how you keep things under yeah. control. Okay. Yeah, removing, well, you know, in the fall when, when, when we're doing fall cleanup, getting rid of all the old uh, vegetative matter so you're not leaving them with uh, habitat, places for them to hang out over the winter. And again, that's the place, you know, especially like underneath big plants, like underneath rhubarb, underneath cabbage leaves and that sort of thing is the perfect place to hide your uh, parse, you know, quarter filled beer bottle on edge uh, in the garden. So it doesn't look like somebody's had a wild party in the garden, but you let the slugs do the partying in the leftover beer. (laughs) Those are all great tips. Thank you, Ed. I've been a little bit stressed out about slugs. So that gives me some tools to, to work with. And now I can go and do, do battle with those, uh, (laughs) that never ending. You can go out with a dedicated pair of scissors that you don't want to do anything else with, and you can snip them in half. (laughs) Um, well, let's change the subject and talk about the weather. As I mentioned in my um, intro today, the National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for a heat wave likely this weekend and into uh, early next week. Now, I know that um, a lot of people are going to be happy to see this. It's going to feel very summery. We're going to be outside and it's going to be great for the gardens too, but there can be too much of a good thing. So what's the best way to take advantage of this, uh, the sun and the heat? Um, while we uh, protect our crops that may not be quite, you know, ready for that kind of intensity. Right. So it's a challenge if you're trying, if you're thinking about doing new plantings, like, you know, planting some more lettuce plants or otherwise. So try to do this when it is cooler 
not in the heat of, of the day. Make sure you get them watered, water them in. And you might even need to actually literally do a little bit of shading for them. Like have uh, pieces of cloth, blanket or otherwise, or strips of cloth that might serve as shade to the south side of the plants. Say you're doing a, a row of lettuce. You could have a foot high, foot tall, um, basically a curtain to shade them. Um, again, for established plants, make sure it's moist enough. And if you see them wilting in the heat, don't worry about when to water. There's, there's not a, an old wife's tale is water droplets on the leaves will act like a magnifying glass and burn holes in the leaves and it won't. Ah. So you don't need to worry about that. If you see wilting plants, water them. Um, the greenhouses, that's where things get cooking. Uh, and I've had it last week, it was uh, anywhere from 106 to 116 in my greenhouse. So got to open it up, you know, have, get some, make sure you have good ventilation and ideally for passive ventilation, a high opening and a low opening. So the cool air comes in the bottom and the warm air goes out the top with or without a fan to push it along. And containers are particularly critical because they can, if they're hanging up, hanging baskets and stuff and have lots of vegetation, they really can dry out fast. So you really need to watch those, you know, poke your finger in the, into the soil in the container as well as into the soil, you know, on the ground to feel what it's like. Or if you have hanging baskets, you can heft them, you know, push, push your hand up underneath them. Okay, feel how heavy they are or how they feel uh, just after you water them. And then, you know, even a couple times a day, check them if you've got the time in the morning, afternoon, evening, and check to see how they feel um, if they're getting too dry and see how those plants are doing. So just watch, you know, stay high end for yourself, you know, for the gardeners. Again, pace yourself. Uh, maybe you're not going to be out there in the heat of the day without uh, plenty of sunscreen and uh, water to keep you hydrated. Are you going to start any new projects with this weather window? Uh, uh, many projects will continue, as well, and, which will include, you know, I'm, planting, I'm still planting seeds, going to be planting more seeds, and planning for after this window, uh, when it gets cool again, I'll be dividing, dividing primroses and some other stuff too. But I don't want to do it in the heat unless I can shade them, like I said earlier. So it's, it's a, kind of a balancing act, you know, how much can we do over the time we spend watering? But it's perfect time to be planting some seeds, maybe planting a second crop of peas, edible potted peas. Uh, would be good right now. I'm starting lettuce indoors. They're just two day, three days old. And for the, let's see, it'll be the third or fourth crop to come. All right, Ed, that sounds great. Thanks so much. It's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you for sharing that information and getting me excited about uh, not only protecting my vegetables that are already there, but um, getting everybody growing even more in this uh, weather window that's coming up. So, and uh, hopefully, you and hopefully to eating some of that fresh, nice fresh produce. Yeah, we've actually already started eating some lettuce, so that's uh, that's better than we were last year. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Thanks so much, Ed. I'll talk to you next week. All right, very good. Bye, Shelley.
Garden Talk is a podcast available at ktoo.org. And if you have questions for Ed Byarski, you can visit our website, ktoo.org slash junoafternoon, and find out all of the contact information there. KTOO's Garden Talk with Ed Byarski is sponsored by Don Abel Garden Center, locally owned since 1936, offering building and garden supplies to both commercial and residential customers throughout Alaska. More at donable.biz.